everyone. And to that uh, piece of shit lieutenant that's always uh, on his podcast, uh, fashion us, fuck him. <laughs>
that panders to the angry mob or make a decision that we actually combat this and we take over and take the city back. And unfortunately, we crumbled and we surrendered to our, we surrendered to our knees just like we did in George Floyd on behalf of former Chief Terrence Monaghan. Absolutely. So uh, just moving on from that, you know, obviously PBA elections, big topic. <laughs> Corey Grable is not on the ballot. <laughs> Corey Grable is not on the ballot. So, so Patrick Hendry is running unopposed. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Eric? What did you hear on that? Let's just be honest. So I'm going to say this outright. We said since day one, we are not endorsing anyone. And we still aren't. We provide a platform to give an opportunity so that the members of the New York City Police Department, our cops, can hear how they can be best served by their potential candidates. And initially, from the onset, John and I were very skeptical of what's going on with this election because it didn't appear that Corey Grable was putting on much of a campaign. And yet, we still gave him the opportunity. But I will say this. Obviously, we can ask those questions. Is Corey Grable running a campaign or is he purposely throwing in the towel and if that's the case, I can tell you there's absolutely no election. There was zero election, and this was completely orchestrated, planned, and funded, just as these riots. And it's just a matter of how long has this been planned for. Along with the contract, it just appears to be that everything was planned and orchestrated. It's very upsetting, and I hope that the cops open their eyes and open their ears. And let's not be feeble-minded. Let's start asking questions. It just doesn't make any sense. So Corey Grable was supposed to submit. He needed 25 signatures to run for president. You need, to, and by signatures, I mean you need union representative delegates. You need people already in the delegate body. You need 25 of them. There's close to there's close to 400 people. There might even be a little bit over 400 people in the PBA. So Corey Grable needed to get 25 signatures. Now I don't know if Corey Grable has one signature or not because he didn't he didn't submit them. So as far as what, what came out officially from the PBA is that uh, police officer Patrick Henry is president and there are no other nominating petitions were submitted for his office. So Corey Grable did not even submit submit his petitions. So we don't know if, how many names he had, if he was short names, what it was. Like, I, I agree with Eric. I don't feel like he was running a campaign. And from what I hear, he's in Mexico currently. So, I mean, if that doesn't tell you something right then and there, if you were running for president... I don't think you're going to you're going to walk away the day after nominations and the day the telecommittees is going on. Um, and, you know, so, I mean, I, I know what I think about it. I, I, you know, it's whatever you guys think about it. I, I think it was rigged from day one. And I think I think obviously that shows why Patrick Hendry didn't want to come on this podcast, doesn't want to take media calls, doesn't respond to other media outlets. And he didn't want to debate Corey Grable because he knew he didn't have to because he was running. A, he was running a contestant. It, it, it's, it's apparent that this is reflective and it mirrors a boxing match where someone threw in the towel and they were taking a fall on purpose. It, it appears that this was orchestrated from the beginning. I was asking myself, why is Corey not putting up a fight? We had an audio tape that was released. The entire job had, had heard it. But Corey was totally berated and just completely dis disrespected. And he never fired back. He didn't appear to be a meek, timid, docile type of guy. He appears to be congenial, yes. But he appeared to me that he, he would, would stand on moral principle and fire back. And he never did. That was very, I was very skeptical of that. So I have questions. Was 
was that orchestrated also? Was that a legitimate argument? Because if that was the case, if I was running for president, me, myself, I wouldn't take a vacation. I wouldn't take a minute, a day, an hour off. I would be dedicated. I would eat, sleep, and shit this election. That's all I would do. Win or lose, I might lose, but you'll never want to run against me again. I would put up a hell of a fight. We didn't see that here, John. So if you could just – one more thing before we go further. Can you just break that a little bit more? I want the cops to understand because our cops do not understand what this election entails, what it means to get signatures. Because I want them to understand that the cops themselves, they really have no vote. So can you just break that down for them, please? Sure. So I'm going to so right off the bat, you cannot run for PBA president. You cannot run for trustee unless you cannot run for PBA president unless you're a trustee already. Okay, so that's one. And in order to run for PBA president, you need 25 signatures from delegates or more. Now, common practice in unions is if not only are you going to get 25, you're probably going to get 50. Because we see how these these unions act as in mob mentality, and they're going to go around and try to get people to remove their ballots, to remove their their signature. Say, oh, no, no, I didn't really mean to support uh, Corey Grable. I, I'm going to remove it now, whatever it is, whatever papers are offered a 24-hour period from the time he was nominated to the time of the teller committee. Now, to me, that's election interference. To me, that's completely illegal. Um, that needs to be investigated. I don't know where IAB is doing on that job but we're going to get <laughs> we're going to get into that in a little bit but so basically in order for Corey grable to have run for president he needed to be a trustee for a certain amount of time and he needed 25 people to not only 25 or more you preferably want more to say yes he is a viable candidate it's not an endorsement of Corey grable it's just saying yes he's eligible that's all it is it's not saying that i'm going to vote for Corey grable it's not saying anything like that for people that talk about transparency, for people that talk about open and fairness, for people that talk about integrity, um, integrity to me is is being open and transparent. And I don't see that from anybody. And again, like I said, I don't know if Corey has the signatures and nobody else does because he didn't submit it. Pat Hendry is running uncontested. You know, the Joe Biden of the NYPD is running uncontested. Hopefully he can walk up the stairs, baby. Well, and that's that's why for the cops that, that watch this cops and the families out there and it's important for the families too because your best interest are in your family member if your family member is a cop how are their best interests served we honestly we, we don't know the cops themselves do not know how this works so let's break it down in every precinct transit location and housing there's three delegates there's one that represents the day tour one that represents the four to twelves and one that represents the midnights so there's three delegates in every precinct in order to actually penetrate the PBA and have a career in the PBA in the union, that's that's the low-hanging fruit. That's where you start out as a delegate to move up into trustee. Those are the votes that count. So the the so there's approximately 400 delegates, right? 400 delegates, trustees, board members. Yeah. I mean that's that's a low percentage when we compare it to a 20,000 police union membership. I'm not not including retirees, just active duty members. So I don't have the percentages right now and do the breakdown, but it's a very small percentage that actually has a say in this election. So think about that. You, you're the police officer with the boots on the ground, and you're asking yourself, how are you going to defend me with the discipline matrix? How are you going to defend me with CCRB? 
how are you going to defend me with all the legislation right now, include the diaphragm law, and what are, whatever else is coming next, when I don't even have a say and I don't even have a vote and I don't have an opportunity to run, and none of this has ever been transcribed to the cops. Cops have no idea. This is the first time that they actually heard this on this podcast. Absolutely. And so if you want to run for delegate, you got to get signatures in your own command from people from your command that you want to run. I recommend getting as many as you want, challenging the delegate if you want. If you, if you don't feel like you're being represented properly, um, I personally believe take them out from the feet to get to the head. Um, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't have been able to accomplish what we're going to go through if it wasn't for all of these delegates. Okay. So now if you are a delegate, you need one year. You need one year served as a delegate to run for trustee. You also have to attend 10 of the previous meetings. Okay. Um, and that's important. That's going to be important in a second. And, for, and when you do that, you need 10 delegates. When you get 10 delegate signatures, if you get 10 other delegate signatures, you can now run as a trustee. So again, you need more than whatever you need. I'm sorry. I, I believe it's 20. I believe it's 20 for a main. It's, it's 10 for a regular trustee. It's 20 for the citywide trustee. So you need 10 for a regular trustee, 20 for a citywide trustee. Trustees are, are, are like the delegate, but they're the overhead, right? If you have a, if you have patrol, it's going to be a Brooklyn South patrol, Brooklyn North patrol, um, so on, so forth. They're, they're the overheads for all the delegates in the commands they fall under in the specific boroughs and bureaus that they fall under. So that's how that's how trustees. So now you get 10 signatures. You need 10 signatures of people that are actually currently delegates. You need to be in the delegate body for a year and you need to you need to attend 10 previous meetings. Now, Franklin Valdez, who was running for transit trustee, fit all of that criteria was present they go back and say he was not present for 10 meet he was present for the previous nine the 10th meeting that he was present for was the meeting that he was at so whatever it is whatever that is they disqualify him me personally he was running a brilliant campaign which was actually a campaign of someone who cares, someone that's in the trenches, someone that understands what it's like, and someone who actually gives a fuck. Instead of being, I'm going to play pity pat with the lefties and give them all your money. That that was the campaign. What do you what do you think about them going through through that and uh, and enforcing that law? Do you think they looked at all the candidates? <laughs> John, I said all the time, and I'm going to say it again. In this podcast, I do not believe in coincidence. Again, I think it's orchestrated. I think it's genius on their half, on, on behalf of them because they don't want Franklin Valdez to penetrate this particular administration. He's got a great shot at, at winning that trustee spot. He's running a great, great campaign. I think he's young. He's tier three. Uh, he's full of fire right now. He's enthusiastic, and he actually wants to serve the members. He's found himself getting a lot of pushback. He's on an island by himself. But how convenient that they actually track down the 28 and all the information to find out that he actually wasn't present at a particular meeting. It sounds, it, it sounds like there's some complete election tampering here to me that they were actually able to find that out. I don't know how they actually pulled this off. Uh, it's absolutely uh, an atrocity here. I think that this kid is running a hell of a campaign and he's really penetrating this administration. It's time for change. 
and they're not ready for change, and they don't want him in. And they're going to do whatever it takes to smear his name and not allow him to get in. And how convenient that he supposedly did not attend this meeting. John, you and I know how. You want to expose that information? We're going to hold on to that. We're going to hold on. <laughs> we're, going to hold, we're going to hold on to that for now. But, uh, but basically, at the, at, for them to verify that he wasn't there, they got his, a, a signature of his co-delegate previously to write a written legal statement against him that he handed him his check because he wasn't there. So they already had it lined up. They already had it lined up. Um, you know, I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth. Uh, we didn't speak to Franklin face to face and we didn't speak to him over the phone. We're getting this third hand, but this is what happened. I mean, it's credible information. It's a credible source. Um, we know a lot more that we're not going to talk about at this moment, but I believe that there was serious tampering going on on the part of having Franklin Valdez removed. Well, absolutely. I think there were strategic, strategic moves and planning to ensure that Franklin doesn't have a shot and ensure that he was not meeting the criteria. And if he did not meet the criteria, we have reason to believe that there were strategic moves that enabled or inhibited Franklin from being a viable candidate, which is part of the election tampering. This is absolutely insane. You guys and girls that are out there right now, cops with the boots on the ground, you need to support him. And how do you support him right now? You need to ask questions. Ask questions. Ask the delegates that come around. Team Hendry, when they come around to the command to handle bottle openers and campaign this unopposed election, ask them, why is this unopposed? Why did Franklin Valdez not have the signatures? And you have a right to see the bylaws. If they don't want to tell you, say, hey, I want to see the bylaws. I want to read them. You have that right. You should ask to read those bylaws. I, I think, honestly, you guys should all want to demand the bylaws immediately. And I really do think at this point, I, I mean, there's not even anything to vote for. That There's one contested election, and we'll get into that. There's not even anything to vote for anyway. But if for some reason a ballot does come your way, throw it in the garbage. Do not, <laughs> do not give them a vote. Do not give them an okay. Do not give them anything. I mean, it's, it's an embarrassing. And to all your delegates that were sitting there with the Team Hendry sign, you should be embarrassed. You're not even men. I really look at you. I really look at you in a totally different light now. I really do. Get your heart checked, too. Um, but, but so then there was a kid, Julio, who's running for citywide trustee. Julio needs 20 signatures. Julio has 20 signatures. He submits 20 signatures. What happens from the time of, of – uh, the time he submits them, 24 hours to the teller committee, a delegate just happens to write a letter that she wants to remove her signature. And on that letter, which was posted online, <laughs> under her name is the wrong command that she's not assigned to. So she didn't draft that letter. Somebody drafted that letter for her. Signed it. And to me, again, I believe... That's serious signs of election tampering that the people that are in charge of an $80 million budget don't want any outsiders coming in and they don't want any new eyes coming in. So they're going around and are they threatening people or are they offering people bribes or are they just acting funny with people? What are they doing to get people to pull their ballot? What are they doing? What do you think? 
Well, John, you and I, you and I know clearly every time that we had a conversation that is an analysis of the PBA campaign about the money that was donated to Democratic leftist anti-cop liberal Democrats in New York City. Every time that we talked about issues with the PBA contract, immediately you and I were bombarded with attacks, extortion, threats from fake accounts. We know exactly it's coming from the PBA. So I'm not surprised that they're threatening these delegates right now. I'm, I'm confident that if you're a delegate right now, if you don't follow suit so that pa Team Hendry gets elected, then you're going to lose your appearances and you're going to be back on patrol and you're going to be wearing your gun belt. That's and it. Even besides that, it makes me ask the question, John, I know you asked that question, but the cops out there, you should be asked this question right now. How good is it to be a PBA trustee that they're willing to potentially, right? Allegedly, we're saying potentially there is some election tampering and potential election fraud. Now, if there is, because right now all the stars are aligned, I don't believe in coincidence, but there is stuff pointing in that direction. If there is, how good and how lucrative is that job to be a PBA trustee, to be part of the administration, that they will do everything in their power to inhibit Julio from becoming a citywide trustee, from Franklin Valdez from becoming a transit trustee? Think about how lucrative this job must be. That's my question. So Julio's off the ballot, 19, another uncontested election. There we go. So we only have one contested election, Derek Andrews for transit trustee. That is the only contested election. Um, and so I, I'm saying you guys should be putting your support behind him. He's an outsider. He's on an island by himself. What, what is going on in there? We don't know. And you'll never know because it's a closed door. It's the boys club. You ain't getting in unless you're playing nice and you're kissing ass. Unless you're kissing Alicerno's ass and you're in Staten Island and you pretend like he was ever a fucking cop when he wasn't. Or you're fucking going to do with fucking that, that fucking piece, the real piece of shit, Puglisi, who fucking retired and lightened the summon scandal while his guys got fired. Or the other piece of shit, that's their PBA attorney, that fucking took immunity because he testified against members when he's supposed to be the fucking PBA attorney. Or the, all, the, all the whole entire board of pieces of shit that accused a cop of fucking stealing when they never filed a 61 on him. They didn't say boo about it for fucking six months until he said he was going to run for fucking treasurer. Right? Think about that. Think about who the fucking pieces of shit really are. This is disgusting. It's disturbing. You guys should be asking questions. And I heard I heard the last meeting. I heard it. I heard I heard the the VP sitting up there, the fucking auxiliary coordinator from the 9-4, the fucking guy who's never done a stitch of police work his whole fucking career, calls me a piece of shit. But I hear him telling you how great Kathy Holchel is and how, oh, she overturned that bill. And it's so significant. Should have never been vetoed. It didn't cost them a dollar. They fucking held it. You know why they held it? Because when Pat Lynch goes and works in Albany, they're going to be like, oh, she overturned this fucking bill. That cost them nothing. These people are fucking devious rats. Yeah, I think they're as thick as thieves at this point. Honestly, I mean, you and I have seen anytime that you talk about the PBA, you question contract moves, contract issues that they're not 
facing as far as civilian complaint review board the discipline matrix immediately there's attacks they try to smear john's name they try to smear my name and that's fine they can attack us they can smear our names we're going to continue this fight and the fight is about seeking the truth and that's what the cops have to start asking questions why is this not an opposed election why is pat hendry now going unopposed if you fill those ballots out shame on you because you're falling exactly into the hand and you're getting the same outcome that you got before. And I promise you, the next contract that you will get is 2030. It's going to be the same nomenclature that you had before. Nothing has changed. You should ask yourself, why is this unopposed? And ask yourself, you know what? If you have the skills and you have the talent to be a leader and you care about your people, why can't you become president? Who created these bylaws? And if you're unsure of how it works, you need to ask for those bylaws immediately. And you need to read them. And you know what? Good luck getting them. That's what I say. Good luck getting those bylaws from them. Yeah, you need the bylaws. You pay them money, you need the bylaws. You want the bylaws, always want the bylaws. All right, enough of them because we know how Goodfellas ended, and that's exactly how it'll end with them, all singing on each other, trying to fucking get out and selling everybody. They, they pretended to be cops for fucking 30, 40 years. Good luck on your walkout. Take all your money. I hope you fucking choke on it. And uh, <laughs> get on the CCRB front, Eric. Absolutely. Listen, I put out a tweet the other day. I said, CCRB is foaming out the mouth right now. They're watching this unfold, this riot. Do not call it a protest. This is a riot. Maybe it's not aggressive with Molotov cocktails, as some instance we have seen. But this is a riot. This is a stance of aggressiveness, violence, impeding on people's lives, and creating chaos and pandemonium, pandemonium in New York City. This is a complete riot. And right now, there's two articles that emerge. One, CCRB is probing to the arrest of that female journalist that was ordered by Chief Schnell. And the second one, and this is the question I have to ask. The second one is this. There was an article that came out that CCRB is probing into is their potential misconduct on the NYPD officers that responded to the death of Jordan Neely and in regards to Daniel Penny. Now, I have this question. Is the CCRB probing too far? Is this their purview? Or are they meddling too much into the NYPD business? That's a question we need to ask. And furthermore, is CCRB aware that in a situation that's so prolific as this death here and so tragic that the NYPD and the DA's office had a conferral and they convened on the preliminary investigation and the response of the NYPD? So obviously, and this goes back to what we've been saying, is the CCRB has poor investigators and they just don't care. They just don't care about the truth. They don't care about procedures and law. You're substantiated. The investigation is reverse engineered. The cops are guilty as they watch this, watch the cameras, they watch these recordings. Cops are guilty and they reverse engineer to find the substantiations, to find them guilty. What do you think about this, John? Complete overstep on the part of the CCRB. You're 100% right. It's not in their purview when someone gets arrested. They don't know anything. They'll, they don't even know their own job. They should not even dwell into what the police need to do, especially on a murder investigation. You know, I've said it before, police-involved shootings, anything where someone dies, they should be completely out of it. There should not be a concurrent investigation. And now they're talking about incidents, that they're talking about how, how we enforce or investigate crimes. What, what is this? And where is the police commissioner? Again, not saying anything. Where's Phil Banks? Again, not saying anything. Where's Eric Adams? 
Who knows? He's out eating. Who knows where he is? Nobody's putting these people in that place. So, you know, and, and city council is all over us again. You guys are shit again. Everything that happened, everything happened to jo- that happened with Jordan Neely is your fault because you're a bunch of racists. Yeah, it's a shame that this this entire case, the foundation, the grant, grassroots of this case is based on identity politics. The only reason that this case has ever made it to this magnitude is because Jordan Neely is black and Daniel Penny is white. Let's just get the record straight. There's no racism on this podcast, but what there is is identifying the truth. Now, I've heard things about reverse racism and reverse discrimination. I don't even know what that is. It's either discriminatory or it's not. Again, I'm going to reflect on my career. I worked in three separate commands amongst New York City, and I see the most heinous crimes of blacks on blacks killing kids by firearms, machetes. Yet I'd never seen an outrage, not even close to this. It, this is a shame. Let the people speak. And we did not have an, an indictment on this. This is, this is not how our justice system was built. Everyone should be insulted by this. We should hear what the people have to say in a closed room. Again, this all goes identity politics. And now they prove that the angry mob will always get their way. Anytime there's an incident that happens and the DA and the NYPD do not have a conferral pandering to the angry mob, you will see the city held hostage. 100%. And Eric, something else happened that I just want to highlight and I want and I think that it's very important because see the lack of supervision. And I'm not talking about the chiefs now. I'm talking about in the sergeants, the lieutenants and the captains, the people that are on the street. They're not teaching these young guys and girls. Right. Something I got to talk about. I saw on cop watches, uh, Instagram uh, cops with Jose LaSalle in the back, who's recorded cops numerous times. And we hear them talking back and forth. And he has, he's saying he has eight hours, eight to 13 hours worth of tape of them talking in front of him. Don't talk to your fucking perps. Eric, what, what, what do you, what do you, what do you want to say to those young cops? Like what, what, what do you want to tell them? Well, to all the young cops. <laughs> you know, the world has changed and the world has evolved. You're strapped on a body camera. Pretty soon coming on to have a 360 camera on your cars when they get these new vehicles. The city's flooded with artificial intelligence. There's cameras everywhere, and the game has changed. Unfortunately, you need to keep your mouth shut and don't interact with, with your perp. Let your perp talk, not you. Be a good listener. I used to tell my cops that all the time. It's more important to, to be a good listener than to have a good conversation. Let the perpetrator, let the person subject, let them do the talking. There's no need to have a conversation and locker room banter. Yes, it is healthy. You need to vent you need to get it out. Obviously, that's healthy, but there has to be a time and place. And when you're doing your transports and you're in close proximity to your persons uh, of interest, your subjects, you need to keep your mouth closed. I know it's it's difficult, but you have to be mindful of that because anything you say will be misconstrued. Anything you say. It's just, unfortunately, it's a different world we live in today. It's not normal. It's inhumane that you're treated this way as a police officer. But this is the game that you're in and this is the arena that you, that you have to play. It's unfortunate, but and again, I, I think the fault on this is on the Chiefs, the, whatever strategic plan they had or lack of, to arrest Jose LaSalle, I think was completely idiotic. It played right into his hand. That would be the last arrest I would make. Legitimately, the last arrest. And they, they fell right into his hand. 
And unfortunately, Chiefs now and these other Chiefs, they're not the ones that are going to suffer from these conversations. It's the cops. It's the boots on the ground. He'll be nowhere to be found. Absolutely. And I do. I don't believe anybody spoke to these the, these people that, that transported them. I don't believe they even knew who they had in the car because they were having a candid conversation with the, with the recorder and the driver. Like everything was all good. They should have been made well aware. Keep your mouth shut. Do not talk in that car. Only necessary conversation. That is it. There is there, there's actually a CD for unnecessary conversation. That's what that's for. Shut up. Nobody's ever used it. But I've been told a thousand times, don't talk in front of your perps. Don't talk. Because exactly like Eric said, whatever you said is going to be misconstrued, regardless how innocent it is, regardless if you were just kidding, you're going to get screwed. And even even the fuck word, I heard fuck a couple of times. I, I would be guilty of it, too. You know how you eliminate it? Just don't talk. Don't talk. And, and Eric's right. It is humane. We feel bad for you guys. But nobody else is telling you, so we're telling you. When you got the perp in the car, shut the fuck yeah, especially today. It's not just Jose LaSalle. Jose LaSalle is obviously he's more savvy when it comes to recordings. He has all type of hidden cameras. I mean, this is his backyard. This is his wheelhouse. He deals with this every day. Recordings, cameras. That's what they do. So you have to be completely mindful of it. I agree. The cops that transport him probably had no prior knowledge of who Jose LaSalle is. I mean, unless he was wearing his cop watch happen. They might not know what CPU represents. However, shame on our leadership by not keeping them advised and keeping them informed. There's just was zero plan in this. Again, I want to say it again. That would be the last arrest that I would make at a riot, a protest, just as this would be Jose LaSalle. I mean, I even watched the video when he was yelling and they're holding onto his arms, bringing him down to the ground. It just it didn't look genuine to me. It looked like it was acting. It looked like it was bad acting. And then there was a second clip when he's actually in handcuffs and his buddies are cheering him on and he's just giving a wink and and smiling because they all knew he had him in the bag. He had this thing set up from the get-go. And Jose LaSalle, unfortunately, will probably be on the receiving end. Who knows? Maybe a million dollars, maybe more. I I'm sure the stakes are higher in this one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, but I but again, he's the number one. You treat everybody like they're recording. You treat all the time like you're on camera. But he's the number one. That was a major fail on the part of the supervision that was there that day to let these young guys know, do not talk in that car. Um, major, major fail. I, I don't, honestly don't even blame these young guys. I don't even think they know. This is a lesson they learned. I'm sure the next time they will not be talking in the car. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we're going to start doing a little, uh, more quick hits, guys. So instead of going long, instead of going for two hours, we're going to keep it as short as possible. Um, you know, we just get more bang for the buck and just really stay on one or two quick topics. Uh, Franklin Valdez, if you're out there listening, I just want to say I'm proud of you. Uh, Jose, too, I'm proud of you guys. You guys ran ran a campaign with integrity. You fought against every piece of misinformation that was thrown saying that you were misinformation when they couldn't disprove one thing that you said. So I'm proud of you guys. I'm sorry what happened to you. Everybody else on that job should be sorry what happened to you. The other delegates that didn't stand up, that don't say that this is right, you guys are cowards. You guys don't deserve to be where you are. Eric, you want to close it out, my brother? Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I just want to say to, I just want to say this to, uh, to Franklin and Julio. You came this far. Do not stop. Keep going. It's worth the fight. Even if you don't get the signatures, you keep running your campaign. Let the cops know that your, the best interest is in their interest, and that's what you guys have been doing. Again, John said it. He's proud of you. I'm proud of you, too. You're on an island by yourself, but guess what? 
not only do you have support from the cops right now because they see you continue fighting, you got support from us. We're on the outside right now. We're an outside force fighting for what's going on within. We got your back. You're doing a great job. Very proud of you. That's what I said. We need young men and women that can relate to the cops right now. And you guys are doing it. Don't give up. Continue to fight. I'm proud to see that you they, they did knock you down. It's a little sidestep, but you're going to keep pushing forward. For that, thank you very much. That's what it takes to be a fighter. Just keep pushing. Well said. All right, everybody. Find us on Filter, baby. Coming right back at you. 265 Police Live.